Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Today's modern production animals are continuously pushed to perform at their best while also being exposed to various environmental challenges. Angel A. Aguilar is currently the technical services manager for Lalimong Animal Nutrition. Dr. Aguilar received his Bachelor of Science in Animal Science from the Institute of Technology of Monterey, his Master of Science in Ruminant Nutrition from Texas Tech University, and his Ph.D. in Nutrition from the University of California, Davis. Welcome aboard, sir. What are some of the management practices that could be put in place to help keep animals performing at their best? Uh, recent studies, uh, John, have shown that challenges in growth or production performance are often caused by disruption of the uh, normal uh, environment and the uh, normal intestinal microbiota of the animal. So when we incorporate live microorganisms such as probiotics in the diet, it's a natural and safe way to help these animals cope with these challenges and either prevent some kind of a disruption in their GI tract, gastrointestinal tract, or to actually help shift the population of the microorganisms so that we can have an ecosystem that is going to help the animal perform at its best. What is a probiotic? Well, again, uh, that is a very good question. Um, it's, it's very popular right now in television, radio. You can go to the grocery store and find all kinds of ads about probiotics. In fact... Well, they don't let me out much. Well... You even find out probiotics that are good for your skin. I just found that recently. So now you even have cosmetics that supposedly have live organisms. Now you look like you're about 35 years old. Not that young. Okay. Not that young. But uh, I do actually consume uh, probiotics. And since you mentioned, I'll probably uh, use this opportunity to say my father is 95 years old, in good health, and he's been consuming a live probiotic for breakfast, a live yogurt, since since I can remember, since I was a child. So it is very important for our audience to know that when we say live probiotic, we're talking about live microorganisms. And in fact, the definition in the encyclopedia is a probiotic is defined as a live microorganism, which when administered in adequate amounts, confers a health benefit, benefit on the host. So the expectation really by all of us when we either use a probiotic for ourselves or for our farm animals is that we are using a live organism that is going to help them promote 
the development of a healthy microbiota, which is predominated by beneficial bacteria, as opposed to having a fairly large number or a popu large population of pathogenic organisms. We need to prevent the enteric pathogen colonization. We also need to enhance gut tissue maturation and the integrity, in other words, the lining of the gut that doesn't have any ulcers or uh, damages uh, that is actually in good in uh, mature, in uh, good condition for them to, uh, to work and be able to absorb the uh, different uh, nutrients that are going to pass through the lining of the gut, as well as to improve a good mucosal immunity. In other words, we're going to help the animal, and this is one of the good things that probiotics do when these live organisms attach to the lining of the gut, uh, they actually help potentiate or enhance an immune response. And that's going to help the animal actually uh, have a better health. Or in the case of a disease, like say if it has diarrhea, a young calf, then it's going to help. These probiotics are going to help them actually ameliorate the effects of the diarrhea or even get rid of the diarrhea altogether. So probiotics, by definition then, are these live organisms. Currently in animal production, we basically have two categories of live organisms. We either have bacteria or yeast. The mechanisms by which these probiotics influence the host depends on several things. One very important item is that the microbe that we use is a specific for what it is that we're trying to accomplish. What is the objective? So, for example, if we want to enhance performance, then we may use one specific strain. If, on the other hand, we may have a cow, that we, a dairy cow, where we want to improve milk production, we may want to use a different strain. So the situation where it's used, including factors such as the sanitation around the animal, uh, the farm uh, building, the status of the GI tract or the gastrointestinal tract, as well as the life stage of the animal, whether it's a young calf, a cow, mature animal, an older animal, uh, or even the animal species, whether we're talking about cattle versus goats or sheep, you got to take all these things into consideration when you're selecting a probiotic. Oh, okay. The probiotic and prebiotic, what's the difference? Okay, that again is very important. In, in this industry today, uh, in animal agriculture, because we are now using quite a number of uh, products that come from fermentation, uh, we have prebiotics and we have probiotics. The prebiotic, uh, by definition, is for the most part a uh, yeast culture that is, uh, that is coming from a fermentation process, and they dry it, and they sell it to you as a product that will have, for the most part, good quality nutrients in it. So that's the prebiotic. It's a yeast culture that will have nutrients uh, we're talking about amino acids, vitamins, minerals, uh, proteins, etc. Whereas when we talk about a, uh, a live yeast or a probiotic, we're talking about a live organism, not a yeast culture, not a fermentation byproduct, but a live organism that is going to be used and it's going to help the animal either improve their metabolism or the gut microbiota in a beneficial manner. Why should uh, we consider including a probiotic in the ration? 
Today in animal agriculture, we are uh, being asked to be more sustainable, uh, to actually try to enhance the life and the performance of the animals that we work with, uh, whether it's ruminants or monogastric species like poultry and swine. And we have been using therapeutics for a long time, antibiotics specifically. Now, antibiotics are very good products, and we should continue to use them for therapeutic purposes. But we have used them in the past uh, 40 years or so uh, for growth and performance. And we are getting a lot of pressure today to look for alternatives to this type of products. And these alternatives, for the most part, are, are these probiotics. And I will say also the prebiotics. But if we want to focus on the probiotics, they are offering the producer an alternative to what used to be uh, more commonly used, uh, like antibiotics in the feed. The concept is not that young, not that new. Uh, we've been using probiotics for many, many years. In fact, the definition goes as far back as the early 1900s. But we didn't have the quality products that we have today uh, to grow, to manufacture these products, and to have consistent composition is not that easy. So even though the concept for a lot of people might think uh, they might think is relatively new, again, it's not new, but the important fact to keep in mind is that today's probiotics, these live organisms, are excellent quality products that are available for them to use. Hmm. When incorporating then a probiotic in the diet, what are the important factors that should be considered? When I was uh, teaching, uh, I was teaching at a land-grant university 30 years ago, uh, probiotics uh, did not have as good a reputation as what we have today. And that's because we really didn't know how to use these products. We didn't understand the mode of action. We didn't understand how they were manufactured and the quality uh, that today is, uh, is really uh, available. Technology has improved a lot from manufacturing all the way to delivery of the product. And so, as I said uh, just a minute ago, in the last 10 years or so, we have conducted quite a bit of research to help us understand how to best use these products in the rations or in the diets of these animals that we're trying to help improve either milk production or meat production or uh, you know become more efficient utilizing their uh, roughages or their forages so that the return on the investment, which is ultimately what we're all trying to accomplish to help the producer improve the bottom line, uh, I think this type of products are increasingly a very good option for them to use. These probiotics are not only helping the bottom line for these producers, the cattle producers, specifically in my case, I work primarily with cattle, but they also help the animals themselves to have a more robust uh, immune response, for example, uh, to actually be able to perform to their genetic potential. So for a small investment, because for the most part, these products are relatively inexpensive. Feeding a probiotic is really a good option. It pays off. I will uh, make a, a, a short statement here, more as a word of caution, that not all probiotics are the same. 
I would like for uh, our audience to pay attention and always read the labels. Make sure you understand what it is that you're using and why you're using it. You cannot just add any probiotic to any ration and expect the same response, whether it's used in calves or in cows or in sheep or in horses or whatever. So be sure that when you're purchasing a probiotic, you know that it's specific for that particular purpose, for that species where you're going to use, and for the objective that you're trying to accomplish. Well, then where can the producers or nutritionists go to get more information about incorporating probiotics in their ration? Uh, we have actually published quite a bit of literature in this respect. In fact, just this summer, uh, John, um, we had several abstracts and several scientific publications at uh, two major conferences where most of our producers, as well as veterinarians and nutritionists, attend. One is called the American Dairy Science Association Annual Conference. The other one is the uh, Animal Sciences uh, Annual Conferences. And all of these publications are available, either directly from us or through companies like NutriBlend that we work with very closely. Uh, but it, we also put out articles in trade magazines and so forth. So uh, there's a lot of information that is available. I think what's important when they want uh, to know more about these products is that they look for something very specific that is effective. Uh, so again, when they are looking for a probiotic, let's make sure that whoever you're buying it from, that they assure you that it's going to be a live organism that continues to stay alive all the way until it's consumed by the animal. Now, harsh environments can be also hard in these microorganisms. you got to remember that these are live organisms. So if you do not handle the product correctly, let me give you an example. Let's say you buy a probiotic, comes in a box, you open the box, the box is ex exposed to wind and rain and everything else. Well, some of these organisms may die. So when you're buying a product, make sure you know how to handle it, how to use it, so that you can maintain its integrity all the way through the distribution channel until you're ready to feed it to your animals. Another consideration, too, is uh, there are very few products available that sustain high temperatures and high pressures. Uh, so if you're buying a probiotic and you're going to make a pellet, for example, or you're going to use it through a feed meal and they're going to make a pellet, make sure you're buying a probiotic that is formulated for that specific purposes because most pelleting processes can kill the organism unless you use the right formulation. There is a product that we have that has the right formulation that can keep the organism alive, even in the case of uh, pelleting manufacturing. So if you want to make sure that these organisms are going to express the, their mode of action and the desired effect on the animal, it's important that you keep these things in mind. Again, not all products are the same. Not all probiotics are the same. Some of them will probably give you uh, an enhancement in fiber digestibility. They'll work in the rumen. Other products will work in the lower gut. So let me give you an example. We have a product from a yeast uh, which is called Saccharomyces cerevisiae. That particular yeast has been around for centuries. Actually, if I remember correctly, when I... When I was in college, I learned that uh, the Egyptians actually were using this yeast to make, uh, to make bread. So it's been around for a long, long time. 
Now, with the technologies we have today, we have improved in uh, not only the manufacture of these products, but how to ferment and produce these microorganisms in a more efficient manner. But let's say, for example, coming back to the Saccharomyces vicie, I think most people in the audience that are listening to us have ever gone to the grocery store and bought little sachets of yeast to bake bread. Well, if I use a yeast to bake bread and I give it to a cow, chances are it is not going to work. We need to develop a specific product that contains a strain of that particular yeast that works in the rumen of the cow, and not all of them do. There are also yeast strains that are used for beer manufacturing. There are also strains that are used for wine manufacturing. So it would be inappropriate that I purchase a product that is used for winemaking and feed it to a cow, and vice versa. So these are the sort of things that people need to keep in mind. If you buy one of our products, which is called Saccharomyces cerevisiae boulardii, uh, the, uh, this particular strain is cataloged uh, to have a number of I-1079, and uh, this particular product has been proven to be effective in the lower gut, and it enhances and it has an impact on the animal's immune system, the health and performance. So under stress, when the animal is uh, removed, say, uh, from one pasture, moved to another pasture, or we put him in a truck and we take uh, this particular animal several miles away to another pasture, that poses a stress on the animal. So we can use a product like this one to help uh, alleviate some of the negative issues from these effects. On the other hand, we have another strain, which is called Saccharomyces cerevisiae I-1077, this one has been proven to work and optimize rumen function. So here again, you know, I'm telling you about those two organisms that sound like they could be the same. They're both Saccharomyces cerevisiae. That means they're both the same genus and the same species, but they're different strains that work completely different, one in the rumen and one in the lower gut. So keep these things in mind when you're selecting a product. So a Cain and Abel strain. Exactly, exactly. Well, research shows that including probiotics in the ration can improve producers' return on investment through better feed efficiency, increased production, and even more robust immune responses. It's important to keep in mind that to be effective, probiotics must be alive or viable when consumed and continue to live once in the digestion system. Harsh environment, poor handling, and preparation for distribution, such as using high heat to create pelleted feed, can kill the living probiotic organisms and negate its benefits. I want to thank Dr. Aguilar and encourage our listeners to join us next week to hear what's on tap in animal agriculture.